You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. It's about to go. Yeah, this is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm this, 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 this the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out the Buffalo Bills. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. Uh, if this is your first time here, thanks for being here. Uh, if you've been here listening to all the other episodes, thank you. I appreciate you. I'm uh, going to absolutely love the show today. I got a great guest. I'm super stoked about this one. Uh, you know, we've been talking Bills all offseason. There's a cornerback battle going on. Well, we got a man that played the position teaches the position, studies the position. He's going to talk to us about the position today. So I'm joined by Eric Crocker of Too Many Things to List. I'm going to let him talk about what he wants to talk about. Uh, but, you know, Eric, thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Um, why don't you go ahead and kind of just uh, tell the people about you. Let my uh, listeners know who you are. Oh, man. Uh, shoes, you know, we'll kind of get into a little bit of where I'm from, but Stockton, California. And uh, I don't even know where to start. I, it always puts me on the spot, kind of explain everything. Mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, I mean, right now I'm on different social media platforms talking about football. I guess that's the, that's probably, that's who I am now, right? A guy who, you know, really loves and is passionate about, you know, football, the, the, the position, especially cornerbacks, you know, really, you know, all teams kind of just being interested in how they, you know, go about kind of team building or whatnot. Or, but obviously like my expertise 
because of my playing days is the secondary in general. So, um, yeah, kind of put me on the spot. I don't know why it put me on the spot. I don't like talking about myself. I don't know. That's why. all right. We're it's okay because we're going to break it down for you a little bit anyways as we get into it because we're going to talk about all the different things that Eric's got going on just because he's super good at the game. Um, he's got a ton of stuff going on where people are watching to learn you know, how people should be watching cornerbacks and training cornerbacks and doing all that kind of stuff. So we're going to get some real in-depth knowledge on the quarterbacks and, you know, what the Buffalo secondary is all about. So super excited. Um, but before we do that, every week on The Nerd, we do like to highlight a charity or an organization, foundation, something along those lines, somebody that's just doing good. And this week, it is actually just going to be an individual that we're going to highlight. Obviously, Eric chose uh, the individual that we're going to highlight, and that's uh, Vince Carter from Elevate 209. Uh, that's local here, Stockton, uh, close to me. I'm in Sacramento, so he's close to me. But Eric, why don't you go ahead and just kind of let us know a little bit about Vince and why you wanted to highlight Elevate 209. Oh, man, I've been around Vince, you know, just training athletes and whatnot. Uh, he actually worked with me, trained me in 2015 when I was getting ready for my uh, season with the San Jose Sabercats that were in the football league. And from there, I just kind of got drawn to a guy, man, like just his energy, his positive vibes and everything that he puts out. Like you see the hard work and all the time and effort that he puts in, not just to, you know, his his craft and himself, but into the kids and everybody that he works with. So I ended up, you know, uh, basically training athletes under him for the last, what, five years and kind of learning, you know, his ways and stuff. And I, I see a different side to him. Like, I think because of kind of how he is, like, it looks like, you know, the, the lights and the cameras and all that type of stuff. But this dude loves all kids, man. Like, loves all these kids. Like, he'll give the kids the last you know, clothes on his back if he had to, anything that he can do to help the kids, uh, all the kids in, in Stockton and surrounding uh, areas and whatnot, like pretty much the whole like Central Valley. He's all for it, man. And, and somebody with that big of a heart, sometimes, it, I don't know, for whatever reason, people kind of, I don't want to say they talk bad about him, but some people might think that he makes things about himself, but being around him and knowing who he is and and, the, and what he does for these kids and and how he goes above and beyond to accommodate them. He's somebody that definitely should be, you know, kind of highlighted for some of the things that he does. And again, it doesn't just stop at training athletes. I mean, it's training athletes. It's picking kids up. It's giving them clothes. It's whatever he can do. He helped get one kid out of jail, you know, showing up to court. And he just so happened to like know the judge and it kind of just helped, you know, the, the judge was like, well, if you vouch for this kid, then all right, you know, we'll kind of be a little bit more lenient. So, I mean, he goes above and beyond. And if there's anything that he can do for a child, he will. And it doesn't just stop there. He checks on these kids all the way up through their college days. Some of the kids have gone pro and all that. And uh, so, yeah, I see the heart that he has and stuff and and uh, just what he's doing there at Elevate 209 in Stockton. And to me, what it means in that community and all the kids that come through that program is just an amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, it's super hard for some people to understand that people just do things because they care about doing it, right? They're not looking for limelight. They're just looking to actually do it because they enjoy doing it. And that brings them enough joy, right? They don't need all the extra stuff. So that's very cool. Uh, very cool, Vince, doing. I'm familiar with the area, obviously. You know, I, I've been, you know, here in Sacramento for 13 years now. Stockton's not the greatest of places at all times, right? So it's tough for some of those kids to get out of there and stuff. So it's cool that Wait, there are people on, out hold there. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I can't let you talk bad about my city. I'm not so, saying it's bad. I, I it, know I, I know that it, you know, it has this negative kind of yeah. context to it and whatnot. But I think that people from Stockton, man, we are very proud people. And a lot of things that go on there, you kind of grow up around it. You see it and you kind of understand things. And it is cool to see people like Vince or, you know, myself, my boy D Graves. There's a bunch of people that 
really work to try to give back and help kids in the community any way possible. So yeah, we got to give Stockton more love, man, because it needs it, you know, and it goes through these times where, you know, it'd be doing good. The next thing you know, there's 10 murders in 10 days or something crazy. Right. And, you know, it's, it's people like Vince, like my boy, Derek Graves, you know, like a lot of people in that area that uh, Laville Hawkins, he, he's a former NFL player, played like seven years in the NFL. He does a whole lot to give back to the youth and try to develop outlets. My guy, Tim Brown, all, all there's a bunch, there's too right. many guys to name, but they all really work to help improve 209 and how people view 209 because you're right. It is viewed as a place that's not that great. Right. And I, I'm not talking about it. I got friends that live down there and Hey, they got the ports, they got hockey. They, there's a lot going on in Stockton realistically. So it's a cool spot. And I'm definitely down for shouting out what he's doing down there because that's what this is truly all about, right? Is there are things happening in your backyard where there are people doing amazing things. And it's cool to highlight those people when we can, and we got, we can do that with a little bit of our time. So shout out to Vince Carter down there. We'll make sure all of his contact and everything is in the show notes. So you guys can check out what he's doing. So you talked about a little bit that you're like learning from him. So that kind of takes us into some of the other stuff that you're doing, right? So you played at college, you did some NFL, you now are training, right? So you've got Rise Athletics. So you're sitting in your, your building right now where you train, right? And then we've got the Crocker Report. We got Croc Talk. We got Croc TV. We got, I, have I named them all? I'm not sure, but it's all centered around the cornerback, right? So how do you kind of amass these things? Locked on 49ers. And locked on 49ers. I left yeah. that one out. Sorry, that one is the last one I missed. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about that. How'd you do all these things? What drove you here? Man, you know, crazy thing is, you know, I, I kind of started posting clips of plays on Twitter. And I would just record the play on my phone and then just kind of break down what I'm seeing to the best mm -hmm. of my ability, to the best of my knowledge, right? Like just, well, this is why this happened, right? The cornerback, you know, he's just kind of drifting a little bit upfield. Look at his hips. They're turned upfield. He's not reading down the receiver. Receiver stops. He keeps going upfield. And this is why. It is something that could be fixed if he fixes his eyes or he slows down his uh, mental speed, right? Mm -hmm. So I call it time clock. So if he slows down his time clock, then he's reading them down. He's more comfortable when the receiver stops. He stops because he's reading them down. So I would just kind of point things out like that. And people were like, whoa, man, like this is the greatest thing ever. And this is before people were really posting any breakdowns or clips to uh, Twitter. And right. it seems like now it feels like this is something that's been going on forever, but it, but it really hasn't because I was doing that in like 2016 in that area and nobody was posting clips of stuff. Like the, the, the video breakdowns and stuff on Twitter, that's kind of newer. So mm -hmm. a lot of people kind of gravitated to it. Next thing you know, people reached out to me to be a part of maybe some of their platforms and whatnot. I wasn't interested in writing articles or anything. I'm like, man, if you want to talk football, I can talk football all day. But writing articles, I'm not doing that. But my guy, Dylan DeSimone, he had a good background and he was like, look, man, I'll don't worry about the writing part. Like you can write it out. I'll fix it, produce it, put it out there and it, you know, it'll look good. So cool. I wrote for him. And uh, next thing you know, one thing led to another. I'm, you know, I'm writing articles. People are reading it. I'm like, wow, a thousand people read this. Wow, two thousand people. Wow, three thousand people read an article that I wrote. Like, all right. And then um, one thing led to another. We ended up getting credentialed. So mm -hmm. Dylan and I were credentialed to go to 49ers training camp practices. And then from there, it kind of that kind of legitimized me. And I don't want to say the media because I don't look at myself as a member of the media. I just look at myself that like loves football and loves to talk about football. But I got to be a member of the 49ers media, whether it was training camp. Um, in the 2019 Super Bowl run, I went to 
four or five home games as a member of the media in in the media Sweet. box. Uh, I'm I'm there in the post game press conferences and stuff. So the more I talk about football, though, the more I'm uh, you know I look into the, these breakdowns and I'm doing all these breakdowns and and I try to do it a different way. I, I see people all the time. They'll post something like. I see this all the time and it, and it irks me, but it'll be a play from, let's say, uh, Stefan Diggs, right? Mm-hmm. Like Stefan Diggs, he'll cook a DB. And then somebody's like, Stefan Diggs is good at football. Like that'd be the whole breakdown. And I'm like, well, what do we, like, we know that. Like, you right, know, but, right, right. like, why is he good? How is he good? So with my evaluations, a lot of times I try to dig on deeper and, but to a point to where anyone can understand it. You could right. show your son, your 10 year old son, one of my breakdowns and, you know, and he can read my text and he can understand exactly what it is that I'm saying, what this guy is doing good or where he can improve. So I tried to bring that different perspective to it. And I mean, I did that long enough to where a lot of people started taking note. And next thing you know, my following just started kind of getting bigger and bigger. So that, that's what led to everything, I guess, that, that, that I do now. That's awesome. That's a, and it's incredible. I mean, you, I go and watch the videos and stuff too, as we were getting ready to do this. I mean, it's cool breakdowns. I enjoy it. I mean, if you enjoy football, you'll like it, right? If you really want to know what's going on deeper than just the dude said hike and he threw a pass, right? Like if you care to know more than that, then watch some of this stuff. Cause it's right. really, it's intriguing. And not just that, but like in a way to where, because I, there's some things that people put out there and it's like, man, but this is kind of boring. Like the way that you're presenting it, it's just too much, like too much X's and not X's and those. I mean, cause that stuff is intriguing to some people, but, but sometimes it's like, you guys are getting a little too complicated. Like a little right. too, like I said, I try to say Deep like, the weeds, it's, right? it's a little too cute instead okay. of just like, let's get quick straight to the point, but in a way to where anybody can understand exactly what it is. And I think that's what, that what, that's what kind of hel- has helped me kind of build my platform a little bit, just kind of my delivery. And because of my experience playing, when I'm talking about this, I'm really talking about how it's making this guy feel, whether it's a defensive back, whether it's a receiver, like this is why. And, and this is why I understand this, or this is why this is always going to be difficult for this type of guy because of his movement skills, because of the way his body is built. Because if, you know, you have a Cole Beasley in a slot, but you have a Richard Sherman, why is that a tough matchup? Not just because, well, Richard Sherman struggles with smaller receivers. It's like, well, no, Richard Sherman, 6'3", his movements are longer for every one step. One stride from Richard Sherman, Cole Beasley takes three, you know? So that's going to help Cole Beasley with his change of direction. That's why it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Richard Sherman to cover a guy like that or any guy in the slot. So that's just an example, but that's the way I try to like put things so people can kind of really understand the, the whys behind everything. No, that's perfect. That's a great explanation of it too. And you think about it because it's Twitch and things like that. Those guys have to anticipate and understand the play, right? Before they know what they're going to do before they're doing it because they know they're going to be two steps behind the guy they're covering sometimes. So I'm curious, you cover the 49ers, right? On the Lockdown 49ers podcast and you're a cornerback. So I figure you're a guy that can definitely give me an assessment of the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Like, I'm just curious about it. Like, where do you stand on it right now? Is it Jimmy G or is is the rookie going to get the shot? Ooh, so here's a tough thing, man. And I think we all have our opinions of Jimmy Garoppolo. But ultimately, Jimmy Garoppolo is someone who you can win with. And I, and I strongly believe that with Garoppolo as a starting quarterback, you are comfortable with him starting. Now, the ceiling might not be very high, 
right? But the floor also isn't very low. Even in his low moments, I think he's played well enough to win games, right? His biggest issue is he hasn't been available enough. You know, two out of the three years, he's missed the majority of the games. Matter of fact, last year, he only finished three games. That's not ideal. 2018, when he tore his ACL, he only finished two games. That's not ideal. So you're talking about between those two seasons, uh, six games, minus 32, what, 26 games that Kyle Shanahan is playing where Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't finish a game? Like, that's not ideal for any head coach. And that has led to a lot of, you know, or that has led to the 49ers having to trade the house for a guy like Trey Lance, right? right. Now, looking at the situation where it's at now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he, he's a solid quarterback, and we, we, we know what we're going to get. Again, might not be a super high level, but he has certain ability to be able to function within the context of an offense that's created for him. You, got, you draft a guy like Trey Lance, it's not to be someone where, oh, you got to, you know, create an office that specifically works for him. And, and I mean, that's for most guys, but can you get a guy that can play above the X's and O's? And I think that's why you get a guy like Trey Lance, because now he has all the physical capabilities that you would like from a quarterback. Clearly, everything that's coming out of 49ers, North Dakota State, everything you hear from anything that you listen to, really, about how sharp of, of a young man Trey Lance is and his ability to pick up all the responsibility that he had on him at North Dakota State. And you start to see how that kind of can mirror match with what Kyle Shanahan wants to do or what he's capable of doing with this added ability. And that's what gets you excited about Trey Lance. Now, the 49ers are in an interesting position because they don't have to rush to get him on the field. But I do think there is a scenario where he could possibly just show enough. And I think if it's even close to being even in training camp, which I'd expect Jimmy, I mean, it's like, come on, Jimmy, it's the fourth year in the offense. I'd expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be ahead. But if it's remotely close, there is a chance they go with the young guy. And I think with the 49ers, probably if that's the case, best thing they can hope for is a starting quarterback someone somewhere else gets hurt and they can ship Jimmy off because nobody wants to have $27 million sitting on the bench. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's a good assessment. He's the veteran player. So you can assume that he's going to be able to just come in and be ready to play in that system. And I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. I agree with that. I think he's he's capable of winning, especially with these wide receivers in the offense that he's going to have. It's it's a good offense. So I think that's cool. So real quick, with that being said, who wins the NFC West? Oh, we, you know, um, the homer in me wants to say 49ers, but I'm going to exclude the 49ers here. And I'm going to go with the Rams just because, I mean, you're having a team that's, I believe they lost their defensive coordinator, but, you know, number one defense in the league. And you kind of match that up with the quarterback that they just traded for, Matthew Stafford. I, I think the world of Matthew Stafford and his ability. Mm-hmm. And I, I think just even with him and kind of how he's viewed, dude, like you can overcome playing on a bad roster and elevate that if you're a really good quarterback. But it's really difficult, almost impossible to elevate a bad organization. I think that's what he was kind of struggling with in Detroit, trying to trying to elevate a terrible organization that had bad organizational structure, and he couldn't do it. But you go to the Rams, and now there's a lot of structure in place. You've got the same head coach. It's been there for four years. They've made the playoffs three out of four years, haven't had a losing season. You have terrific weapons around him. That's going to be mm-hmm. consistent uh, with, I mean, shoot, you got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods. Then you add other guys like, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Tutu Otwell, 
And there's another guy I'm missing. There's a fifth guy. But now you got some weapons. And then the one thing that Stafford's been missing this whole time, aside from missing the defense in, in Detroit, but you got a run game, man. You got a run game and you have a an offensive coordinator that plays off of run action a whole lot. And I think that's going to help Matthew Stafford a ton. And somebody who I think has all the ability in the world. So if I had to choose one team, exclude my 49ers, all right, um, I'm going to go with the Rams because I like a lot of what they're doing. But even then, I mean, the, the, the Seahawks, you know, they got the boogeyman over there and Russell Wilson. And he's, <laughs> he's just always good, like, no matter what. And even when you look at their roster and their roster probably isn't as good as the 49ers roster, shoot, probably not as good as the Cardinals. They might have the worst roster in the division. But as long as they got Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, they're just always going to be extremely difficult to beat. So uh, that's a team I want to say them, but it's just like, man, I, I think I like the Rams a little bit more. I agree. I mean, I'd have that almost same breakdown. Rams, 49ers, Seattle, Arizona is the way I have it. I think Seattle's going to manage to pull something together, but I do think it's 49ers and Rams. And it's Rams because Stafford's going to have some wind underneath those sails, man. He hasn't had this kind of freedom to escape everything he was holding up to just come and play football in a long time. So it's going to be exciting to see. Hey, so uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm wondering if maybe it is on the Rams, is who do you think is the best cornerback in the league right now? Oh, man. Uh, man. I'm going to, I mean, I don't know why I'm having to think too hard about it, but I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. In the sense of just like if, if there were a draft, and you said quarterback, right? Cornerback. I want to know who you think the cornerback is. Oh, cornerback. Yeah, CB. Who's oh, the best Jalen Ramsey. Jalen yeah, that's Ramsey. why I was wondering. I figured you might be staying with the Rams. That's why I, I brought it up to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, bec- and, and this is why. Because it's more than just, like, what it looks like on the field. A lot of it, like, what goes into being a great cornerback is your mindset, right? Like, cornerback, that's a position where I'd assume PFF grades kind of go up and down with that position to a certain extent. Maybe not move too much, but you can have certain moments where it's not that great. And then you also have to look at what's this guy tasked with? Like, what does the team put on his shoulders? There's some corners that stay on one side. There's some corners that play a ton of zone. And then there's there's guys like Jalen Ramsey who does it all. He can play your zone. He can follow a receiver. He can play zone within following the receiver. He can shadow guys. He can get up in guys like Tariq Hill's face and, and play press man. You know, I talked about the movement skills for somebody that's taller in comparison to having to guard somebody that's smaller, but Jalen Ramsey doesn't seem to care because he covers all different <laughs> type, uh, you know, right. sizes of, of receivers. And, and I love his attitude, man. Like, you know, he has a little sass to him, a little sassiness, but he's gonna, he's going to approach the game the same way. He probably, I would have to guess, if you polled receivers, they probably hate going up against him more than anybody else just because of how you know he's going to talk, you know he's going to be chippy, you know he's going to do things after the play, he's going to do all these little things, he's going to make all these little slick comments, the way he looks, the way he carries himself, the way he walks, and for all the reasons why they probably do not like going against him, and maybe some look forward to the challenge of it, but for all those reasons, that's why I love him, just because of the way he carries himself. Probably the same reason why other fan bases can't stand can't stand him, Jalen Ramsey. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's called shutdown for a reason, right? I mean, because that's kind of what he does. No matter who he's against, he tends to shut them down. I mean, and you can't expect a cornerback to stop everybody every week. All I mean, these are guys are getting paid on the other side too, right? So right. he's a phenomenal cornerback. I, I think Tredavious White is up there near that mix. I wouldn't call him number one by any stretch, but he's a top three, probably minimum top five for me. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, he's up there. You know, they utilize him a little bit different. Kind of reminds me, 
not to the same extent, but like Richard Sherman, right? Like Richard Sherman was always viewed as this, well, you sits in cover three. And I'm like, well, I mean, yes, technically it's cover three, but it was like some fire zone stuff. So, so he had a lot of man principles built into his own defense that he was running. You'd see a lot of uh, Richard Sherman playing at the line of scrimmage a lot, playing a lot of press. There were just certain things that he didn't have to carry. All right. But when you look at, you know, you, you, you look at your guy and one, I was really high on Tredavious White coming out of college. He was my, that he was my CB1 in that class. Okay. Uh, so, and there were a lot of people that are like, CB1, like Tredavious White. And I'm like, man, I love his versatility. He can play inside, outside, play off. He can play press. Like, I love his fluid movements and everything. I was watching him. And I'm like, man, there's a lot to like about this kid, Tredavious White. But everybody was so infatuated with, like, you know, the Marshawn Lattimore's and stuff mm -hmm. and, and those guys, Derek, Gary and Conley and those guys. But um, I really like Tredavious White. Well, you see everything playing out. And I think the way they utilize him, they do a good job of mixing in a lot of quarters. I think you guys do play a good amount of too high, at least to, to my knowledge of what I'm picturing in my head right now. So I think he has mastered playing the zones. And when he has been asked to match up with guys, I think he makes them work. There was a game, what, a couple years ago now maybe, where he was guarding DeAndre Hopkins. And it wasn't pretty. But I don't look at that type of outcome in the sense of, well, DeAndre Hopkins, where however many yards he had, I know he caught the ball downfield on him. I know they call PI on him or something downfield. Um, and everybody looks at the result of the play. But my thing is, is he challenging DeAndre Hopkins? Like, forget the the outcome of it. Does he look like he belongs? You know, like mm -hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to get his. But right. is is the corner challenging him? And a guy like Tredavis White, who I think is viewed more as a zone corner, if you ask most people around the league, but to see him, the way he competed against DeAndre Hopkins in that role kind of showed his versatility that I thought he had coming out. And, I mean, just his fluid movements, his breaks, getting in and out of his breaks, uh, breaking breaking on passes from uh, off coverage, getting interceptions, the choose the aggressiveness that he plays with, the smarts that he plays with that allows him to kind of jump routes and read concepts and everything like that. I mean, that's tremendous. And I, I definitely would say he'd have to be a top five Corner, if and I try to look at it like this: if there was a draft today, and you're only drafting corners, like how many corners would you take ahead of Tre'Davious White? And I couldn't imagine somebody taking five corners over right. him. I just don't see that at all. And there's some good corners playing right now, but he's one of the best. Right. So now that we've established that we've got a really good guy on one side of the field, right? The big problem all off season for Bills fans has been we didn't address the other side of the ball. We're just bringing back Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace. To me, this was one of those things where like those guys are good enough to play across from him, especially if your front does what it's supposed to. So looking at the other two over there, I mean, these guys are in the NFL, so they obviously are good at what they do, right? But like, if you had to choose one of them or had a knock on one of them or a reason why one of them might excel over the other, who who would you select as CB2? Oh, probably, I mean, Levi Wallace. Like, and, you know, he has the experience. He is kind of a, like, he's not going to make the splash plays a whole lot or anything like that. And I think he's a little uh, limited with really just like his like good vertical speed. He's not the fastest of guys, but I think in a system that allows him to play a little bit more quarters and play off, I think he can do fine there. I think a lot of people think that every corner is supposed to look like Tredavious White or every corner is supposed to be like Jalen Ramsey. And it's like, man, you just need somebody on the other side that's just not going to be a big time liability. And I think right. when you look at it like that, again, Levi Wallace, he, you know, I, I watched him against the 49ers last year. It was, it was, it was a tough game out there. You had Brandon IU kind of having his way a little bit, but just in general, when you watch a guy like him, 
can he more times than not not be the issue? And I think if so, that's kind of I almost ask the most you can ask, you know, by a corner opposite of someone that's great. But just don't don't be a big time liability. And I don't think he's that. So Dane, we'll, we'll we'll see. He's still kind of young, and we'll see how he continues to develop. But with with uh, Levi Wallace, I, I feel like I'd be comfortable having to start him. I'd be okay with that, knowing I don't expect him to look like Tre'Davious White. And there's not many guys that are going to look like Tre'Davious White. And then sometimes that's the tough part when you are a fan of a team. It's like, well, we got this great guy, and we just get somebody like him opposite, and it's like it just doesn't work like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's spot on for me. I, I think it's Wallace just because of the familiarity. I mean, you're now talking about bringing back your entire four on the back end for another season of playing with each other. Right. I mean, that can't hurt. Right. Having the camaraderie and, and having the understanding of how you guys work and what you're going to do. And I agree with Levi, even in that game against San Francisco, when he is getting beat, he's still making those guys work. Right. It's not like he's getting beat for one huge play and it's a touchdown. He's given up 12 yards. He's given up seven yards. He gives up 20 yards. He gives up four yards. He, he makes them like work through it. So I agree. And I'm hoping that Dane Jackson can excel and I wouldn't be disappointed if he did pass Levi Wallace, right? This season, but right. we'll see. I mean, but to me, it's not just what it's across from him. It's what's behind him. He's got Poyer and he's got Hyde behind him as well, who I consider to be, if not the best, and I'm not even saying that as a homer. I truly believe that if they're if you're not going to call them the best, they're top two, three max, right? What, what do you think about the back end of the Bills? Oh, I love them because they're coverage guys, and I feel like they fit the league today. If if I were a defensive coordinator or a team, uh, a general manager, I'd get guys that are more like them that have like uh, experience playing more at corner, at nickel, and then put those type of guys with that type of ability at safety to where now they can kind of use their fluidness and athleticism to kind of be able to make plays, especially if they have the smarts. Like, that's what I would like to see. So Hoyer, I remember, I mean, Poyer, Poyer went to Oregon State, right? Was yeah, drafted believe, by Browns? I believe that's, yeah, he's drafted by the Browns, yep. Yeah, and I, and I want to say coming out, he played corner, then made that transition to safety, I believe. Uh, same thing with Hyde. I remember Hyde playing kind of a hybrid role with Green Bay, playing a lot of slot. I was really surprised when they let him go. But then to see the success that they've had with Buffalo, I'm not surprised because of the type of coverage ability they had, and that's where the game is going today. You, the, the, the times of having this big, stiff safety, like that's not it, – it's tough because the game is more open now. It's more spread. You can't really hit guys really hard. If they lay on the ground for a second and hold their head, the flag <laughs> comes out. So I think ideally you want guys that have more natural coverage ability. I think those two safeties are two of the best in the league that give you them as a tandem. Yeah, and the ability to come down in the box too, right? Both of them have the ability to come down in the box and they'll hit you in the backfield, you know, if they need to as well. And together on the field, they just, it feels so good. I mean, it almost feels like it's impenetrable with them back there at some points in time, which is just, as a fan, it's incredible. But when you stop to think about how much skill that actually takes for them to be able to communicate just with hand signals and be in all the right places and do all those things, it's pretty incredible. So very cool. So let me ask you then, just as the Bills defense is pretty much going to be kind of the same, we brought some new guys back on the front end. Uh, the offense is pretty much the same, minus John Brown, replace him with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, what do you think the Bills are going to do this season? Are they a division winner? Are they back in an AFC championship? I, I believe that they're up there right now. AFC championship, that's going to be tough because 
you know, you got Kansas City and they're kind of penciled in a little bit. You assume that the Patriots are going to start to make a comeback a little bit, right? They're not going to be a team that goes seven and nine again, or, you know, there's 17 games this year, but uh, the Bills got to be right up there. And I like a lot of what they've done or even what they have defensively. I like to see them be a little bit more consistent throughout the year defensively, right? Yes. Like that was the one thing where they kind of had a slow start Way slow, uh, defensively yep. and they started to get a little bit better. got some guys back and whatnot, but uh, it's the offense. And, and this is what I'm worried about. This is the one thing I'm worried about. Can they take a little bit off of Josh Allen's shoulders, right? Like a little bit off of his plate. Cause you have a guy who's like, dude, are we going to ask him every game to drop back and just throw the ball all around? One, in his mind, he's still a gunslinger. So it's like, you kind of want to limit the opportunity for him to do a kind of reckless play. We know what type of ability he has and he can do those things, but can we lean, lean a little bit on the run game? And that's what I want to see before I kind of pencil them in as a team that's just guaranteed to get back. I like a lot of what the Colts are doing. I think that's a team that's really going to challenge mm -hmm. Buffalo, you know, so, you know, you look, you look at a team like the Colts and they just got Carson Wentz and what's Carson Wentz going to have that he hasn't had really in a while with Philadelphia, right? He's going to be able to turn around and hand the ball off to young Jonathan Taylor and some of those guys that are explosive. And then now he has weapons around them, the offensive line. Cool. Then they built the defense. Can Buffalo do some of those same things with Josh Allen to where Everything doesn't have to always be on his shoulders, and he can play more off of the run and then pass the ball. I watched, I wanted, was it the playoff game where they threw the ball like 22 straight times or like start the game? And I just kept thinking, like, oh, they're going to run the ball. Oh, no. And I mean, I know like those running back out, they lost two running backs, but yeah. can, can they that was get a right? Seattle game. Yeah, Seattle. Oh, was it Seattle? Can they get right at the running back position to where they can take a load off of Josh Allen's shoulders? And I, I don't know what they've done to get better at the running back position. I know, you know, hopefully getting healthy there would help, but that would be the biggest thing for me. Take a little bit off of his plate, lean a little bit more on the run game, and then let him play off of that and create some magic uh, from that standpoint. And I think you'll see even a better version of Josh Allen if they do that. And he was MVP candidate last year. Right, yeah. I mean, that's I like that assessment because for me, it's I do believe we're going to be up there, but the AFC is stacked. I 100% agree with I think the Browns could challenge. I think the Colts can challenge. Tennessee could very well challenge again. You know, it's going to be tough to get through there. You're going to have to have a good season, and you're going to have to be productive. So with all that said, do you still think uh, it's, it's Kansas City's overall, or do you think somebody is capable of taking them down this year? I think it's, I mean, until somebody proves it just, wipe them out of the AFC, I think you kind of have to go with Kansas City just because they got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They got an explosive and talented offense. You know, it sounds like I saw a report today that says Miko Hartman is going to be the wide receiver too. Right. He's an explosive guy opposite Tariq Hill and then obviously Travis Kelsey. We'll see if they, they too. Everybody talked about in the Super Bowl, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's running around, like, <laughs> save his life. And, you know, and I'm like, well, well, why don't you, okay, you got some offensive linemen out, whatever, but why don't you run the ball? Your running back's averaging like six yards a carry. Like, give the ball to him. And they too need to maybe sometimes take a little bit off of their quarterback's plate. You know, sometimes when you have these extremely talented quarterbacks, you just want to utilize him and just throw the ball around. And a lot of doing that is what got them to the Super Bowl. But at some point, you got you to gotta like come back down to earth and, <laughs> okay, let's keep a team off balance a little bit instead of having uh, Patrick Mahomes running for his life the whole game. So, I, you know, I think uh, it's still them. 
Yeah. But there are some teams that are definitely going to start, you know, nipping at their heels a little bit. I, I like that you brought up the Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a team that just seems like they continue to get stronger and if they can keep Odell Beckham healthy for a year. We'll see a lot of people are kind of writing them off, but keep him healthy for a little bit. I think that's something that can definitely make them even more dangerous. And what do they do? They lean on that run game, right? With, yep. uh, you know, those two backs that they have. And then a lot of heavy play action with uh, what Shafansky or whatever his name is, yeah. what he's been doing. Then you got Odell, explosive, and Landry that works the middle of the field and all that. So, um, and then their defense. So there's a lot to like with them as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the AFC is going to be this year, and the Bills are going to have to have a great season. Uh, they got a lighter schedule, so hopefully that'll help. But it's the NFL. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like any season anybody could win. And for Kansas City, they're definitely the team that. I think it's going to be harder for them because they have the pressure of staying up there, right? Everybody else just gets to try and go and get them. But so thanks for hanging out with me, Erica, as we're getting ready to close out here, anything you want to shout out, anything you got coming up, any, anything that you really want to put out there right now? Oh man, you guys just make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. I am not a Bills fan, but um, you know, I just love talking football and everything. So you guys at me, even if you have questions about Buffalo or any other team that might be in the AFC East, um, I'd be glad to, you know, answer any questions. So follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Check out my YouTube channel. There is 49er content on there, but I try to get to everything else. I just have such a big 49er following that they kind of take over my channel a little bit, but I love talking about other teams. So I, if you guys can throw some topics about another team or about Buffalo at me so I can talk about that on my channel, I would love that. So that's Crock Talk TV. And I just partnered with uh, Underdog Fantasy. So that's something really cool. If you guys are interested in fantasy football, we're going to have a lot of tournaments and things like that, uh, some different leagues and things. So if you guys want to get involved with that, sign up on the Underdog Fantasy app. Put in promo code Crocky. That's Crocky, C-R-O-C-K-Y. And um, choose when you deposit at least $10, you get an extra $25 by using my promo code. So, yeah, man, that's it right there. Just a little bit. Just a couple things. You know, oh, nothing, one more nothing, thing. Go, nothing going on with this guy. Go ahead. Uh, the, my Patreon account. So I got a Patreon account where I break down a lot of collegiate athletes and even players from, I mean, if you want to go back, you guys probably don't care about guys now because they're probably not on your team. But all the, you know, especially the top prospects coming out of college, I break down their film and do a little bit more deep digging, mm. you know, dig deep into really what makes them good or what they might struggle with and whatnot. A lot of the top uh, receivers is mainly receiver and defensive backs. So do a lot of breakdowns on those prospects as well. So that's uh, Croc Talk, patreon.com slash Croc Talk. So yeah, Patreon, Croc Talk, uh, YouTube, Croc Talk, Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. I appreciate the support. <laughs> when you go there, you can also get uh, sent out. You know, all this stuff will be in the show notes, all the links to all of his stuff. But then you'll get Crocker Report. You can check out Rise Athletics, uh, you know, his training center he's sitting in right now and all that kind of stuff, too. So, Eric, thanks a lot for hanging out with me, man. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, shout out again to, you know, Vince Carter down on the 209. Um, you guys will get linked up with him as well. But thanks for your time today. Uh, Bill's Mafia out there. Thanks for being here. Love you guys. Everything I'm up to, you guys can find over at the Buffalo Nerd. You know, be safe. Let's have fun this season and go Bills.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.